This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, helping millennials execute their vision. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Blind Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we are on episode 53. Today I have with me Chris Lesnar. He's 24 years of age. He's the CEO of Project World Impact. Project World Impact is a place for people to find nonprofits for cause and location. We're going to be talking a lot about nonprofits, about marketing, a whole bunch of other stuff, and trying to figure out what exactly Project World Impact is. But without further ado, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. How's your day so far? Good. It's Thanks for having me. It's been really good. Good. Awesome to hear. So we do things a little bit different here at The Blind Entrepreneur, and we like to start off with an icebreaker always in the beginning, just to get the motivation <laughs> and the creative energy flowing a little bit. So the first question is, imagine you just had the worst day of your life. Your head is in the sand, you're down in the dumps, and you're trying to make the day better. So what is that one piece of food that's going to lift your spirits higher? Uh, uh, the one piece of food would definitely be homemade pizza. Nice. Now, is it homemade pizza that like you're making the pizza, or is it homemade pizza like mom or dad is, or, you know, whoever else? My mother-in-law for? makes the best homemade pizza. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is there anything on it, or is it just like? It's just straight cheese pizza, and it's Chicago. It's kind of Chicago style, and it tastes real good. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. Well, good stuff, man. Uh, so yeah, let's tell us about yourself. Who are you? What is your story? So uh, I'm Chris, obviously, I'm 24, and uh, I run a company called Project World Impact, and we have two parts to the business. One is we've built a website where people can find nonprofits by cause and location, so you can say, I want to know who's working with kids in Kenya, homeless people in Chicago, whatever it is, and uh, right now we're working with thousands of nonprofits on that side of the company, and uh, our goal is to build software and give it for free to all of these nonprofits so that they don't have to pay outrageous amounts of money. And then um, the other half of our company is we're doing marketing for a ton of people, for-profit and non-profit, which is helping fund the non-profit stuff we're doing. So it's pretty exciting. So let's let's take it back. You know, you're a marketer yeah. at heart, I guess you could say. Where did all this, where did the passion come from? Uh, the passion came from, there's over 130 million people every month who are looking for ways to get involved in causes. It could be any type of cause, but that's in America alone. And if you go Google different ways to get involved with causes, you mainly land on Wikipedia, which is awesome in one aspect because there's lots of information, but there's not many great call to actions and not many ways for people to actually engage. And so what we're trying to do is build that place where the 130 million people every month who are cause-minded uh, can engage with nonprofits. Mm. So where you're 24 years of age. You're relatively young in, in the world uh, of of just entrepreneurship so where did the entrepreneurship journey begin so i think i've always uh had a knack for just starting businesses there's been three or four before this that i've tried to start and more have been hobby businesses and then in college i uh helped start a company a marketing company we were doing work for a lot of people and uh and use some money from that company to then fund this. So it's been uh, it's been a crazy ride, but I mean, it's always just been one of those things of it's interested me. There's a ton of need out there. When you can create something that meets a need where there's not something that exists exists already, it's pretty cool. So it's been easy. Yeah. So you're you're marketing now, and your the main business is primarily the marketing business, correct? Yeah, that's that's right now where most of the money comes from, but most of our energy is focused on the nonprofit hub. Mm. 
So let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what is? I mean, you 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 said it briefly, but let's dive a little bit deeper and, and figure out what is Project World Impact. You know, how are you helping people? Who are you helping? Um, and what have you? What are some you know things that you've done uh, thus far? Yeah. So. Right now, we have probably 2 million people a month that see PWI at some level. Um, and it's people who are interested in clean water, orphans, children, uh, human rights, every different cause. And we're really active on social media, engaging with all these people who have different conversations about causes. And our goal is if we see anybody talk about a cause, to try and connect them to nonprofits. And so a lot of our effort is focused on growing the amount of people who connect with nonprofits and uh, already we've been able to raise a lot of money and um, it's been really interesting because a lot of the software that we build, we have conference apps, testimonial apps, fundraising apps, marketing apps that we give for free to the nonprofits to use, they can then leverage it to reach millions of people or all of the people they're already connected with and uh, we have some pretty cool deal structure to help them raise money. and yeah, really the focus is just to meet the needs of all the nonprofits uh, that we connect with. So it's it's pretty exciting. So I want to get a little personal here uh, yeah. when, when I ask a question. Um, you know, you, you don't just come out of the womb. You don't just become a person and want to do good in the world. <laughs> you know, that's that's not like, you know, of course it comes out. It, it, it may be in the case of this, but there had to have been a moment where you were thinking to yourself, you know, I – I'm, I'm smart. I, I know marketing. I know I can help people. Here's the platform to do it. Tell us about that moment. So, yeah, my faith is really important to me. And it's been one of those things that's definitely driven all of the stuff we're doing. We don't only work with faith based nonprofits. Obviously, there's lots of humanitarian nonprofits, but there's a lot of nonprofits who are doing good work. And I think at some level, everyone can relate to either A, needing help, or B, being able to help somebody. And, uh, if you can relate at either of those two levels, we're trying to talk to those people because if you need help, we want to help you. And if you can help people, we have people that you can help. And uh, it's been one of those things where there's just such a huge gap in the market um, of people who do need help and people who are able to help. And now we're trying to bridge that gap. And millennials especially are kind of the next generation of funders. And how do you best communicate to millennials when it's so important to to reach them? Most nonprofits aren't even thinking that forward. They're kind of stuck in there. We have a few big donors and it's funding everything we do. But when they die, what do we do? And so we're trying to help them bridge that gap sooner rather than later so they don't have to worry about it. And uh, and yeah, my, my family's been a huge support and um, there's been a lot of mentors in my life who have really pointed me towards being more cause-minded with our with my skills and our team's skills. And uh, yeah, we could just be a marketing company and be profitable and that's great, but we could do all this other stuff and make such a big impact. And uh, kind of the, the numbers that we're talking is if we're working with 10,000 nonprofits who on average help 10,000 people a year each. Some are helping five people, some are helping a million people, but 10,000 nonprofits helping 10,000 people a year. Indirectly, by helping all those nonprofits, we're touching 100 million lives every year. And that's pretty cool to do coming from the standpoint where we're coming at it from a very cause-minded standpoint. And as we can help them grow by 10%, you're talking tens of millions of lives every year that we can help increase uh, impact of and meet their physical needs and emotional needs and whatever kind of needs that they're facing. So it's pretty exciting. It's really energizing. (laughs) Yeah, no, it definitely is. Any way you could help people is always a – it's always not like you, you feel better as well uh, right. just by giving back, whether it's your time, whether it's your, your money, um, what have you. But 
you know what what I'm what I'm curious about is some of the early struggles that you had when you created Project World Impact because you know, you don't just get the 2.5 million people uh, you know that that see the platform to some degree uh, on right. a monthly basis uh, so it, you had to have had some stress so what were some of the initial struggles in starting the business well there's been so many um, the the first two that come to mind one is we outsourced initially building our website with a with a web company before we decided we were going to do marketing and websites ourselves and the project was supposed to take four months and we're eight months into the project and they pull the pin saying that they can't complete it and they already had money from us and it was just like whoa we're so far behind so then we went to engage another company and literally the exact same thing happened we're four months in uh or they're supposed to be done in a few months and we're six to eight months in and they pulled the pin and we're like oh man, what is going on? <laughs> so then we hired everybody internally and did it ourselves. So that was helpful, but we lost a ton of money along the way, um, which is tough because we're trying to help people with what we're doing. So that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. And uh, the second thing that comes to mind is just how we go about getting nonprofits has changed rapidly. Um, when we first started trying to contact nonprofits, we hired a team of college students during the summer to just cold call nonprofits like crazy. So it worked really well the first summer we did it. We did it the next summer and got zero results. And so we're paying 20 people 10 bucks an hour, let's say, for a whole summer. It adds up pretty quickly, and it's not tons of money per person, but it adds up. And uh, in the second year we did it, it didn't work at all. And so we had to adjust and try and figure out what's the best way to contact nonprofits. And now it's not through calling. It's through emailing, through relationships, through referrals, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So – that's a problem that most businesses have, which is trying to find, I guess you would say these nonprofits are your, were your prospects at time, right? For sure. So prospecting is a huge undertaking that businesses to this day spend millions upon millions of dollars, billions, I'm sure, uh, in order to find the right customers and find the right prospects. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about that process and how did you know it wasn't working and then also... Uh, how did you know it wasn't working and what did you do in order to solve it? Yeah, so we're really data-driven, thankfully. Uh, our team is has some smart people on it. Our CTO is really data-driven. And so we built programs to basically say for every X amount of people we call, we get a hold of this many people, we have conversations with this many, we leave voicemails with this many, and we call this many wrong numbers. Uh, when we send emails, it doesn't matter if somebody opens it. All that matters for us is if they click it and engage with us at some level. So we're tracking all of that stuff, and we can quickly tell, hey, if we talk to 1,000 people and nobody signs up on the site, we're doing something wrong. We should be able to get 1% conversion if we have a good product and we're talking to the right people. And so when we go through the math, we can, we've now automated most of the ways we connect with people, either through social media or through uh, different ads we have, different calls we make. So a lot of it is based on what are people talking about and how can we engage with them better um, already. So we're only talking to people that are talking about what we do anyways. So it's, uh, most of it is automated and we build our own software to help automate it, um, with our team and it's, it's super helpful. So is there anything that you would suggest to, to people who may not be tech savvy enough to have mm. their own software? Um, you know, being a data driven company, is there anything that you guys, cause you didn't have that software out the gate. Is right. there anything that, that worked really well for you guys that maybe people that are listening can take with them to work for their own business? 
Yeah, I think uh, just the concept of boots on the ground. I mean, we have such a hardworking team that's willing to go above and beyond. It's kind of one of those things where um, to connect with nonprofits, it's it sounds really simple. It's just call more nonprofits or email them or whatever. But so many people don't just take the first step because there's so many options. And so what we do is take the first step in five or six directions. And yeah, they're all different. And we'll figure out along the way which is good, which is bad. So we waste a little bit of time. But at least we're not wasting our time just sitting. So we always have different strategies going. And we're A-B testing um, in hindsight here's all these different options. Let's try a little bit of them. And if we get traction, at one point we started writing handwritten notes to executive directors of nonprofits and then mailing them. Another time we were calling them. Sometimes we walk to their door. Sometimes we email them. I mean, the strategies to get a hold of them, we have no idea what's going to work to start with. And so it's just a matter of trying everything <laughs> is, the, is the best way to put it and not, not making anything too outlandish not to try it. So That's great. Now, you know, I want to get on a uh, relatively negative uh, uh, question uh, point in the, in the podcast and talking about failure. Uh, mm. I, I would say that the website and re- you know, redesigning and hiring different design firms and things like that twice could definitely be a failure for sure. But is there anything else that comes to mind that what has been your biggest failure thus far and then how have you overcame that failure? Um, our biggest failure so far, yeah, those are small speed bumps. We haven't had many two major failures yet necessarily. Um, I mean, maybe on, on the marketing side of the company, um, there are certain things where uh, our goal is to help people as much as possible. And when people come to us with needs saying, hey, we need this, this, and this, um, it's very easy to let them have what they need and not give input and we've kind of learned from our mistakes and now we always give input based on data to say hey this is what the data says and this is what you're asking for Um, we're happy to do what you're asking for but we can help you simply by crafting your ask change the colors of this and it'll convert better or change the messaging like lots of nonprofits uh, um, use the words like we're gonna have a matching gift program and matching gift converts worse than you can double your money if they use that language. And so at first, a big failure was we just let people do what they wanted because we didn't want to get in their way. But now we've really kind of taken it to our advantage and said, hey, uh, this is what the data says. Use this for your own campaigns. And yeah. And the other piece is maybe really early on, we were too, um, we tried to outsource our core competency, which was the website. We tried to outsource this hub. And really, that's what we were going to focus all of our efforts on. And we realized quickly not to outsource our core competency. But it didn't matter if we outsourced other things. And now we have everything in-house. But um, at, at one point, we tried to outsource too much stuff. Um, and outsourcing isn't bad necessarily. A lot of people do it. And we recommend it to a lot of people. But um, for us, it wasn't the right approach. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I, I feel as if that we have a really good understanding of you know who you are as a business professional. But... You know, now I'd like to learn a little bit more about who you are as a person. Um, hmm. What are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? Um, I really I listen to tons of music and read probably a book every week nice. um, on different things. And I used to be I read them by hand, and now it's just audiobooks. But it's so easy when you're driving in the car to just pop in an audiobook. Driving to and from work is 20 minutes away, 20 minutes back, and uh, – you can get through a book real fast every week. So um, listen to lots of books, lots of podcasts, um, stay on top of a lot of forums. A lot of stuff that I do is just uh, 
this industry interests me. There's so much money going towards nonprofits. And you hear a lot of stories about it being spent terribly. And you hear a lot of stories about uh, it being spent wonderfully. And so it's just trying to figure all that stuff out really interests me. And, um, yeah. Well, you said you read a book every, every, just about every week. What is on the, what's in the oven right now? Uh, and, you know, what are some books, noticeable books that you've read that, you know, you just, you enjoy and you suggest other people? Yeah, I love anything by um, Malcolm Gladwell. Patrick Lencioni, Jim Collins, lots of books on leadership, um, on leader development, on how to treat people. Uh, so much of our success comes from just our culture and our team. So a lot of it is how do we best build into people. Um, uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts as well. And um, uh, Horst Schultz, who started Ritz Carlton, talks about service and all these like best customer service practices. And so, how do you give your customers the best experience? We go through a lot of that stuff, and it's just really interesting stuff. So, I I think that there's I'm willing to try any author basically. <laughs> so yeah, uh, really cool. Uh, books are definitely something that I wish I uh, I focus more attention on. I'm more of a podcast mm. guy. And yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> um, what are some resources that you use every single day technology wise that you know that has worked really well for you helped you become a better leader helped you manage your team etc the uh it's interesting i have an app on my phone called flipboard and uh it's just like a bunch of news and you can say i want tech news startup news uh whatever kind of like political news, any kind of news you want. And uh, I look through that every morning, afternoon, and night for new articles. And it just shows me relevant ones, and it's based on other articles that I've said I like. And uh, I get so much of the most up-to-date tech news uh, through that app that it's killer. And so it's super helpful. Mm, okay. Now, we, you know, I, the Blind Entrepreneur, this podcast was created to help individuals who – may not uh, may be in a, a bad place when it comes to just in their business or mentally whatever it may be or they just may not uh, they they know they have to do something or just may if they may be afraid to do it uh, or they may not even be entrepreneurs and they're just on the cusp that they know they might have to quit their job uh, and they you know uh, they just haven't done it yet so what are three pieces of advice that you give to a millennial or an entrepreneur in order to um, become an entrepreneur? What are some of the things that they need to be looking forward to when they become it? So the first thing that's helped me the most is uh, finding good mentors. It's real easy to just find a business you like locally or find somebody older you like that's uh, done something and just ask for help. I found so many times that people who have been successful want to help other people be successful and they can kind of live the second life through their mentees. And so uh, mentorship is for sure number one. Um, thing number two is just make sure that what you're doing doesn't exist. Uh, the amount of times that I've talked to people where they've already paid for a proof of concept and then they get to the market and when they start marketing it, they realize there's all this competition. But beforehand, they've just Googled stuff and found that they think there's nobody doing it. Uh, there's a lot of time wasted and so tons of research is really helpful. Um, and then three, I think it's just trying to talk about it to as many people as possible and just getting feedback. Um, most of our everything from our pricing structures to the types of nonprofits we want to work with is just from me asking people, hey, what would you pay for this? Or, hey, what kind of nonprofits would you want to see on here? And 
and a lot of it just comes from talking to a lot of people and getting a lot of feedback. Um, and it's kind of like all the time you see people go on Shark Tank and they think they have the best idea ever. And they get there and everyone in the whole population of America realizes that was a terrible idea. I don't even know why we're wasting time watching this. It's such a bad idea. But the people in their heart of heart thinks that it's the best idea that's going to change the world. And so I think just the more people you can have look over what you're doing, the better. So you don't end up in that spot where you've wasted a lot of time, money, and effort. How have you been able to get mentors? You mentioned that mentors are such a, a key component of your growth. Um, how have you been able to get mentors and how would you suggest uh, other people to get mentors? Yeah, there's a ton of really good groups that I'm a part of. Um, there's a group called the Barnabas group. There's a group called new Canaan society and it's just connecting with other business leaders and both of them. And, uh, and often, especially being like a young entrepreneur, uh, when you say the word business leader, you immediately think somebody in their forties plus just kind of how culture is today. And now there's a ton of us here and we're trying to figure out where we meet people like that and that's where all of those people go so um, a lot of just different groups that meet early in the morning um, even just like I'll read a book and try and find out the author's contact information and write them and uh, I, I'm surprised at how many times I can get a hold of the author of a major book uh, it's crazy <laughs> hmm. have you I mean how many times have you done that and what was your success rate and what has come out of it too oh um just conversations come out of it. I'm not asking for business from them. I'm just asking for advice, wondering if I can pitch our business to them and just get their feedback, not from financially, just asking for feedback. And so, um, yeah, I've probably written a hundred different well-known people and probably 60% of the time I get a response. So it's nice. surprising. It's almost as much as when I email my family kind of thing. Interesting. interesting. That's pretty, yeah. That's very interesting. So, you know, you're, you're, introducing this idea to ask for feedback right hmm. do you feel as if that because you're asking for feedback it kind of puts a different barrier up when you're talking to somebody and have you ha has that been successful for you just by asking feedback about your business yeah i think that um i think that if you create a safe place for people to give you feedback um it's so crucial because you see all your blind spots i mean it's why people, why there's a business for strategic planning and consulting, right? There's really successful businesses out there who are doing tens of billions of dollars every month, even that need consultants to come in and look at it from a thirty foot view, from a thirty thousand foot view. And uh, so many people, when they hear about it, they're like, "What? Like, I would do it this way, or it doesn't make sense." This is what I think about. And sometimes you just have the curse of knowledge, where you've been in it so long that you don't know what the market's asking for. You just kind of keep doing what you're doing. So. Um, it's, it's been really helpful for me and I found that if you ask the right people and just say, Hey, in order to make this the best thing ever, we really need your advice. Um, it's worked out well. Mm, interesting. No, that's awesome. So, you know, you know, Chris, if, if, if somebody wanted to be a part of your journey if mm -hmm. people wanted to be a part of project world impact, if people wanted to sign up, if, uh, they wanted to introduce other people to your vision and to your journey, what are ways that people can contact you? What are ways that people can find out all about uh, that your business is? Uh, the best way to follow PWI is just to go to projectworldimpact.com and, uh, and connect with us through any social platform or just sign up and create a profile. Users can create profiles to follow causes they care about and nonprofits can create profiles to get in front of people. And, uh, and the other way is probably just connect with me on social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, anything. Uh, I'd love to connect with people and share the vision uh, on LinkedIn as well. So just whatever, whatever is convenient for people, we're available. So, yeah. And all of your information is going to be in the show notes today. So people cool. can easily go ahead and find you and reach out to you if they have any questions or if they want to be a part of it. So, you know, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Couldn't be more appreciative of it. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jonathan. See ya.